This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Father, we just thank you so much for your word that's life, it's spirit, and Lord, it's nourishment for our soul. It renews our mind. It helps us to see and understand what you're doing and what you're speaking to us. And God, we open our hearts and our ears to re receive from you. Holy Spirit, speak to each and every person here. We draw upon you and we call upon you as the great teacher to teach us and minister to us that we can leave this place stronger, that we could uh, leave this place with a firm footing, a firm foundation on what we believe and what we must do uh, to fulfill your will and purpose and plan. And we just give you the honor and all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, we started a series called Standing Firm. And we found out that standing firm is a military term. And it actually means to put your stake in the ground. It's kind of like uh, Elder Zach was talking about drawing a line. It's drawing a line, putting a stake in the ground that I will not be moved, that this is my position. And it actually, the word means to not, uh, that retreat is not an option. It's just not even the option in this, what this term means. So standing firm, and we find it many times in scriptures. Talks about being steadfast, being on guard, standing firm. Uh, it's many times that it's in the scriptures, but our, our key scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brother, stand firm. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Has anything moved you lately? You're to be moved by what God says. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And, and actually, you can get the focus on those rewards and really a, a perspective of eternity when you think about your labors not in vain. So we're to stand firm. And how many realize we're in the last days? There's some crazy, bizarre things happening out there. And I was thinking about Luke uh, chapter 21 where Jesus talked about the signs of the end times. And uh, I'm not going to minister on that. I was just thinking about it. And uh, how it talked about kingdom against kingdom. We know it would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes. You know the, the scriptures there. And when... I read that kingdom against kingdom, it hit me that it's in the earth, natural kingdom against the kingdom of God. And we're seeing the kingdom of God in the earth attacked, what we believe and what we value. You've got to stand firm in what you believe. It may not be popular what you're standing on, but you've got to stand firm. And yet you've got to do it still walking in love and not coming against those that are opposing you and what you believe. We've got to walk in love. So standing firm means I'm going to stand on what I believe, but I'm not going to hold it against you if you're not too smart to understand the truth. 
Because I realized at one time I wasn't too smart. I was dumb like you. And I didn't know the truth. But the grace and mercy of God came to me. And I was found by the Lord. <laughs> and I was made righteous. Wow. What a... I mean, you think about this. You know, the Bible says we're a chosen generation. We're a peculiar people. Aliens. You know, everybody's <laughs> waiting on the UFOs to come. And the aliens to come. I have news for you. The aliens have arrived. It's you and I. We're peculiar. We don't always fit in. God in his wisdom knew that there was an invasion in the earth. This new creation, this new race came into the earth. God in his wisdom didn't do it with a big UFO coming. Jesus popped out. Said, hello, I'm Jesus. Now, he, he comes as a little baby and he, he pays the price for our sins. And, and we, when we believe, we get reborn aliens, brand new creations in the earth. And the terrorists tell us that they want to invade from the inside. They have read their reports how they want to take over the United States of America. It's from the inside out. But it hit me. That's the way God did it, from the inside. I like this a lot, Baron Young, but anyway. I guess it's what he was speaking to me. But I, I saw this thing that God invaded from the inside, and now we live out from that inside. There was a sermon series somewhere on that. I guess I need to just move on to what we're talking about here. But we need to stand firm in what we believe. And we talked about Jesus when he talked about the storms of life. That the storm to life come to the wise, those that hear the word and obey the word. It says that the floods, the storms, the wind, it beat against the house. But because the house was built on the rock, it did not collapse. It stood. And then, but that was the one that was obeying God, the storms came. What about the unbeliever? The one that hears and doesn't obey, just ignores it. It says that the winds came and beat against that house also, and it collapsed. It didn't stand. So standing firm, you need to be getting the word in you, and you need to be obeying it. But it also teaches us that storms are coming. You've got to be prepared. You've got to know that trouble problems. Why did Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled? Because there was going to be issues and trouble that would move your heart. So you got to be prepared. Trouble's coming, but God is there in the storm. He's there in the problem, and he's our answer. He's our, our solution. I talked about a storm of health that I experienced, and 
uh, all the tests. I mean, they took me through every, I got so tired of seeing doctors and all the tests they did. I did tests on my brain and they found nothing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> nothing wrong. <laughs> Tough group here. Wow. Man. But I also had some people that said, Pastor, something's wrong with you because this storm happened. Oh, really? What? What? What's wrong with me? Now, these people meant well, and I have nothing against them. They loved the Lord. It just was their perspective. And it can easily fall into the perspective of a Christian unless you're the one going through the storm. Then your perspective changes. But the scriptures tell us that these things are going to happen to us. So what do we do? We gather around, we pray, we encourage, we do what we can for the person going through the storm. We gather together and be strong, standing firm for each other. Not saying, uh, I'm... I knew there was going to be a storm coming your way. I, I just knew it. <laughs> Watch it. You know, the scriptures even say when you find somebody in fault, that you gently restore them in case it comes on you. See, we've got to walk in love. Standing firm means walking in love and realizing that other people and you are going to go through things. But we stand strong. In 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, Yes, and all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Oh, pastor, I'm not suffering any persecution. Well, that makes me wonder. Are you living a godly life? In the Message Bible, it says, anyone who wants to live all out for Christ is in for a lot of trouble. There's no getting around it. There's light and darkness. There's opposition in the earth. And we don't tell people when they get saved, you know, well, you just signed up for trouble. You know, before I got saved, everybody loved me. And then all, all of a sudden, I go, what in the world? I just, and then I really just wanted to love people. <laughs> and opposition, crazy things, you know, happen. Well, there is an enemy. There is a devil. There is opposition. There's light and darkness. We're looking for that place where there's no storm. So let me tell you, it doesn't happen until you get to heaven. Have a person tell me, boy, had a rough day. So what happened? Flat tire. Okay. Why did this happen? Oh, my, flat tire. Because there's a nail in the road. <laughs> you know, sometimes, and, and somebody in the world, oh, I have flat tire today. But a Christian, oh, I have flat tire. I wonder if I've done something wrong. 
I wonder if the enemy's after me. Oh. We get goofy. And then we wonder why other people think we're goofy. <laughs> we talked about 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And we saw that that rejoice means a boast in the Lord. It means a supernatural joy is imparted a release from God himself into your life when you rejoice. When you're going through something, get your praise on. Well, I don't feel like praising the Lord. Do it anyway. Just make the choice to put the praise on. Crank it up. Turn it on. <laughs> and get with it. Well, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to get with it. No, oh, yes, you do. I mean, turn it up and drown out your own mind. <laughs> And start rejoicing, and supernatural joy will rise up on the inside of you from God Himself. Wow, what He's given us. We got to love to rejoice. Pray without ceasing. We talked about in everything, give thanks. There's a good one. Got the flat tire? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You fill up my life with your breath. I got plenty of oxygen I'm breathing. Nobody has put a nail in me like they did you. Oh, glory to God. If <laughs> And you just take off. And all of a sudden, that flat tire just doesn't seem, nah, let's get the thing changed. Amen? And that's what God wants. That's the will of God for us. That in it, we give thanks. The Bible talks over and over about murmuring and complaining. Just get into thanksgiving. Get God that in the midst of it that you give him thanks. That you give him glory. We got to fulfill his will. It's so easy to get into the language of the problem, the language of the situation. But God wants us to be in the language of faith. And that's thanksgiving. That's rejoicing. That's the language of faith. Speaking the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's a continual sense, hearing and hearing. Faith doesn't come by having heard, it comes by hearing. It's a relationship with Him. It's hearing the Word of God until it's quickened on the inside of you, that rhema word, it's made alive, and you have revelation, it's yours then. And you can stake a, you can put the stake in the ground deep because you're not moving off of that. That's what happened to me when I got saved. I'm, I'm coming to get saved every week because I mess up every day. And I'm thinking, I can't be saved. I keep messing up. Some reason I thought it's going to be perfect. Nobody told me, hey, you did get saved, but look, your mind is still squirrely. You're still messed up. Your spirit's born again, but there's this mind that you got to deal with. There's this flesh that you got to deal with. And finally, I came to the truth and said, oh, I belong to the Lord. 
I have believed and put my faith in Jesus Christ, Lord of my life. I'm going to stop condemning myself. I'm going to stop coming against myself. I was my own worst enemy. I was beating myself up all the time. I was continually offended at myself. And you can't get away from yourself. Everywhere you go, I was a walking offense at myself. Why did you say that? Why did you think that? Why did you do that? You know better than that. I need to get saved. Oh, Jesus, pour your blood on me again. <laughs> Anybody relate? Philippians 2, verse 12, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is, it is God who works in you both to will and do for his good pleasure. Notice here it says, work out, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It means that I'm yielding to God. I'm responding to him. I'm reading this word. I'm praying. I'm rejoicing. I'm doing these things I need to do. I'm working out the salvation that's on the inside of me. I'm working it out to my life that affects my behavior. It affects my decisions. It affects everything I do. It just takes over my life. Working, living from the inside out. But see, we have a problem I called it surrendering from a Messiah complex. We need, if we want to stand firm, we got to surrender from a Messiah complex. Stop being the CEO of the universe. You know you make a bad God. You just don't make a good God. When we try to be God, we get stressed, worried, overwhelmed. You're not staying firm. We're, we're to be resting in God, resting in the finished work, resting in the promises of God, what God has done for us. But see, we try and work it out many times. And we're trying to work it out for others. We're trying to force them to do right. How I many know you can't force someone else to do right? We want to manipulate and force them to do it our way which should be, you know, God's way. That's not the way it works. Love doesn't force people, doesn't manipulate and pressure people. It's not love when we do that. But we are to live by faith. And I'm not saying you're going around for a big sign that says, I'm God. But the way we do things, we are taking his place how about worry that's not to be a part of our life we don't have to worry because we have God but worry is us trying to figure it out us trying to say have fear about something that hasn't happened worry We're trying to change people, trying to change our spouse, 
or kids or boss, taking responsibility for them to change. And it's, it's a Messiah context. The wife says to herself, she's reading this marriage book. Most men don't read marriage books. There's a reason when you go to the Christian bookstore, it, looks, it has a, a female theme through it. They found that they're the ones that buy the books. But what's she going to do? She's praying for her husband. He's not where she wants him to be. And not where God wants him to be. But instead of letting God do it, she decides, boy, this is good here. He needs this. I'm, I'm just going I'm gonna leave this in the I'm gonna leave this in the reading room. Some of you know what the reading room is. Every house has one. Some have more than one. The men's reading room. Marked up and everything. You can't miss it. He comes out of the reading room like nothing happened. Did he see it? Absolutely he saw it. What did it do? It drove in him this spirit of rebellion. He said, I am definitely not going to do this because it's being forced on me. So she's hinting, how was it? Did you happen to See that book? I think I left my book in there. No, I didn't see anything. <laughs> we try and change our kids' manipulation and pressure and, or, or trying to live your life through them. It's wrong. What's, what should she do? She sh- how about loving her husband? serving her husband, and praying and trusting God to get him. One of the definitions of submission is when she submits and she serves and loves her husband, she's ducking down for God to get him. And he's a much better God than we are. We can't change anyone. We can't change our own life. The only reason you got it together is because he came and he changed your life. So don't try and change somebody. You can't put your faith on somebody. You put your faith with somebody. And many times we have forced people, imposed our faith on someone who were not in that same place. And they do it anyway, and then they're mad at God. Many times they they leave the faith. We're to be influencers. We're to carry Jesus with us, but they make the decision and let God do what only he can do. So you give your spouse to God. Give your kids to God and let God do his thing in Psalms 46 verse 10 says be still and know that I am God I will be honored by every nation I will be honored throughout the world 
The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Be still. And when you read this and study the term, it says learn to be calm. How? By getting with God, being with him, being quiet, being still. Let that quietness that's on the inside touch your emotions, touch your life. God is not finding refuge in us. We find refuge in him. You get to the secret place with him. You go into prayer and you get quiet. And he can still and calm your emotions and bring peace. See, he's trying to get their attention. You know, we think about be still and know that I'm God. But I, I, I believe he, he's trying to get everybody, hey, look, be still. I'm God. I think it's more like that. I'm God. I've got this. Get out of the way. Please get out of the way. Be still. Be quiet. I'm God. And I hear your prayers. I'm listening. And I'm moving in your behalf. Let me do it. In the Amplified Bible, it says, let be. It's in, in, in your notes. Let be. I want to say let it be for some reason. Let it be. <laughs> let be and be still and know, recognize and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our high tower and stronghold. Selah. Pause. Calmly think about that. And I like this from the Message Bible. Step out of the traffic. Have you ever been in the traffic of voices and, and just things going on? God says, get out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. What a great word for today. Man, if you're waiting for Congress to get together, <laughs> forget it. What about our children? You know, when they're young and there's non-negotiable issues, you know, you train and nurture them. What about when they get older? Do you know you're not responsible and accountable for your children when they grow up and they're adults? What do you do? You give them to God and you pray and you let God do what only he can do. But many are, are carrying their kids, their adults, and they feel accountable, responsible, and no, let it go. Put them in the hands of God. God's more than enough. He's there with them. 
He can watch. He can see. Let the kids go. Set them free. (laughs) And stop worrying about them. Stop letting it dictate to your life. And don't manipulate them. Don't try and force your agenda, your ideas. Love them. You can encourage them and and, and speak uh, truth to them. But you don't manipulate and force anything. Nobody likes to be forced. Why? God gave us a free will. That's the reason no one likes to be forced. There's not one single person on this planet that likes to be forced to do something. Because God put in us a free will. We won't choose. That's some good preaching there. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Pray for them. Give them to the one who captured their heart and changed them. Well, I prayed for someone and they died. I'm no longer standing firm. Let me tell you what happens. You start thinking, well, if I had more faith or if I'd done this and and done that. See, you're carrying the burden of, of something you don't need to be carrying. Especially if they're a Christian, they're with God. Last time I checked in the book, they're in a pretty exciting, great, awesome place. But see, we want to carry this burden. But the truth of the matter is, your faith is not on someone, it's with someone. And the responsibility and the accountability for their health mainly is upon them. And you don't know. You don't know everything. But he does. So you let it go. You break the enemy's hold over your life. In whatever area of life, we can give people the word and, like I said, pray for them. But what they do with it is between them and God. It's between them and God. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As is written for your sake. We face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, we need to be secure in his unwavering love for us. Nothing can separate us from his love. You've got to to stand firm. You've got to know that you're loved by the one who gave you life and loves you and knows you the most. So you get secure in the love of God. When you're going through something, if you got someone who loves you there, it makes a difference, doesn't it? And we got God. 
who loves us unconditionally. So every time a problem, a trial, a temptation, a storm comes, the enemy is trying to separate you from the love of God. Well, if God really loves me, you ever ask that question? That's the enemy trying to separate you from the love of God. Why did my mother die? Why did I get cancer? Why did I have a flat tire? Why did I lose my job? Why this? Why that? If God really loves me, see, the enemy is trying to separate you from the love of God. But it's not the truth. God's love is not on trial. God's love has been proved. What is on trial is your love for God. His love was proved for us at the cross. We sang about it this morning. The love of God has been proved. He went to the cross. He gave us his victory. He gave us his inheritance. He gave us his freedom. He gave us his peace, his joy, his victory, his kingdom. He gave us forgiveness. He took our sin. He took our shame. He took our guilt. He took and paid the price for every place that you've ever missed it. For every wrong thought, for every wrong motive, for every wrong action, he took our place and proved his love for us at the cross. It is finished. His love has been proved to be of great value. So much value that we for all eternity depth God for his love. And we'll never reach the depth or the length or the height of his love. Even through eternity, we'll never grasp hold of how big his love is. If there was nothing else to give thanks for, is that God so loved the world that he saved Bob, he saved Ellen, he saved you and I. Even when we were against him, even when we were hooked up to his arch enemy, his love came unconditionally. His love came unwaveringly, overwhelmingly. His love came and rescued us and saved us. And because of that love, I put my stake in the ground firmly. And I'm thankful in the midst of the storm. I'm thankful when my dog poo-poos on the carpet. I'm thankful and giving thanks when there's flat tires, when there's bad weather, when I'm tired of the rain, I'm waiting for sunshine, when the grizzlies are losing all the time, when the kids are sick, when my spouse is such a blessing. I'm, I'm a wise man, let me tell you. Woo. You just saw and witnessed the wisdom of God Almighty released through Bob. So glad to have Ellen in our presence here. Oh, hallelujah for his mercy and his grace. First Peter coming in for a closing. Whew, yes. <laughs> <laughs> verse Peter 5, verse 5. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. 
Say grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. Cares. And you look up, it's anxiety, it's trouble, it's problems. He loves you so much, he says, cast it upon him. Can you imagine your child coming to you and saying, Dad, I'm worried that there won't be food to eat tomorrow. And you're thinking, don't worry about that. And you're thinking, even if there was no, I would do without food before you're doing without food. <laughs> but think about God. He's saying, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Just give me all your problems. I'm God. I've got you. I'm with you and my grace is there. Casting all the cares upon him. And we've all been there where we've taken the care and we've gotten anxious and whoops, I'm not to be worried about that. Give it to God. And maybe you have trouble giving it to God. Maybe it's something that you're not sleeping at night. It's on you. Maybe you need to get your, your spouse, you pray together, get that thing off. Or maybe you're, you're single, or maybe you just need, we have elders. Come and receive prayer. Because God wants you sleeping at night. You know why? He said, I'm awake all night watching over you. You go ahead and sleep. In fact, I'm going to give you sweet sleep. You slumber away. I never sleep. I'm always watching over you. Because I'm in love with you. Wow. Casting your cares upon him is humility. Worry is pride. We're to be sober-minded. His will is that you don't worry. Give him the problem, the trial, persecution, the storm. Give it to God. Then you can sleep even in the midst of the storm. You rest. Amplified says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So replace the care with the problem or the, the problem with the promise. Unload the care and reload with the promise. And then finally, Ephesians 16, finally, my, uh, finally be strong in the Lord in the strength of his might. Be strong here uh, means to be, to be strengthened. And this is a, a passive tense. And, and what it's speaking about, allow yourself to surrender and receive God's supernatural strength. I've used this verse so many times. Maybe I uh, physically was tired, whatever, and said, Lord, I receive that I'm strong in the power of your of strength. I receive your strength. And you get a supernatural endowment of strength. And I've experienced that where I've gotten strong. It's something that God does for you. This is not something you do for yourself. There are other places 
that, that we have a place, we have a part, you know, be strong uh, in the Lord, be, be courageous. We have parts to play. Okay, our, our notes here, standing firm. The first one, I choose to prepare for the trials, problems, and storms of life that come to every person. You need to be prepared. I choose to rejoice in the Lord. I choose to live a life of prayer. I choose to give thanks in every circumstance. I understand when the storm comes against me, the enemy will try to use it to separate me from God's love. And some of you are experiencing that right now. You know, God, I just, I don't feel like you're here for me. I'm not hearing from you. Where are you? See, you're questioning his love. He said, I love you so much, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He's there. I choose to be a lifelong disciple of God's word and to obey it. God wants us to stand firm. And it's not only for us, it's for others around us. They need to see Jesus in us. We are the body of Christ. And we're carrying Jesus about with us. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you want us to stand firm. And the only way we can do it is to follow the instructions of your word. And God, today I believe that you've spoken to us and you've strengthened us. And God, we, we committed ourselves to be obedient and do what you say to do. So I thank you, Lord, that we receive a strengthening. We receive that, that power of your might to be strengthened to fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for us. Lord, forgive us for any murmuring and complaining and any talk to, talking the language of the problem and defeat and unbelief. Lord, we receive your forgiveness. And we choose to speak the language of faith. We choose to rejoice. We choose to, to pray. We choose to be thankful in every problem, every circumstance. We choose to exalt and lift up the mighty, glorious name of Jesus Christ. We receive your forgiveness. We receive your peace. Receive Jesus Christ. If there's anyone here with every head bowed and eyes shut, you never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. I'll give you an opportunity to do that. You don't have to get perfect to do this. The Bible says you come just the way you are. You can't change yourself. He changes you. You come to Him and He starts doing the changes in your life. He gives you a new life on the inside and there will be a, a, a difference and there will be excitement in you to live for Him. If today you've never made that decision, it's simple. You just decide, I choose Jesus. I'm going to give Him my life. I'm going to follow Him. I'm tired of doing things my own way. I want this new life. I want this to be a part of this new creation, this, this family of God. Maybe you prayed this before, but you realize today you're, you're not living for God. And today you need to make a decision. You need to make a change. So I'm going to live all out for God. 
I'm going to put a stake in the ground. And today, I'm going to live all out for God with his help and his strength. That's you for either one of these invitations, please just lift your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come down right now. Just want you to lift your hand. We're going to pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price that was paid for my sin. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I commit my life to live for Him. I'll get in the Word of God. I'll follow Him as you strengthen me, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen me to live this Christian life. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for a fresh start for a new life. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.